0: Hello and welcome to episode 575 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Wednesday, June 28th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. I guess I would call this episode, Trust Your Instincts. Um, Thinking of those unfortunate souls who went to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean to inspect the Titanic recently and um, lost their lives in in the briny deep, 400 miles off the coast of Newfoundland, evidently. My dearly departed Uncle Walt, my uh, great-uncle Walter Lolito, was in the United States Coast Guard during World War II when he was stationed in Newfoundland, and he talks about his used to talk about his times up there fondly, and and the locals with whom he uh, would get to interact with occasionally. On a happier note, but um, on a, obviously on a much more somber note, there were five souls who lost their lives on that undersea voyage in the mini sub. I was struck by the fact that a young man who was on that mini-sub was very nervous, evidently, and really didn't want to go on it, but it was close to Father's Day and he wanted to go to please his dad. But there was a great deal of trepidation and rightfully so. Um, you know, may these souls rest in peace. But you have to trust your instincts. If you're in a situation in life that you're unsure of, or you think it might be dangerous, or you're taking, uh, you might be taking an unnecessary risk. Don't do it. And who cares if? It makes your father upset or someone calls you a coward or whatever the particular case might be. If that young man had trusted his instincts and said, no, I'm not doing this, he'd still be alive today instead of imploding at a depth of some 13,000 feet beneath the ocean's surface. When I was in fourth grade, I recall my Elementary school teacher at the time, Mr. Benson, was a wonderful guy, used to work summers at the Peace Bridge in Buffalo with my dad. And there was a parent-teacher conference when I was in fourth grade, and he told my folks that it didn't matter what everyone else in the class was doing. If I thought it was wrong, I simply wouldn't do it. I don't say that to toot my own horn, but I think you have to recognize the strengths and weaknesses in your personality and try to build um, or try to remedy, I should say, the weaknesses, the, the flaws in your personality. But I think one of the strengths in my personality is a firm conviction of what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And I really wouldn't care if the entire planet thought something was right. If I believed it was objectively wrong, I would not do it, would not engage in that behavior. And the times in my life when I've lived by that code of conduct, that code of honor, if you will, I've had a clear conscience and smooth sailing. Times in my life when I have, much to my shame, gone against that, then problems ensue. So you have to trust your instinct. You also have to have a well-formed conscience. I remember years ago, um, there was a lot of consternation going on because the so-called Affordable Care Act, which booted me off of my health insurance, Popularly called Obamacare, even though I was promised if I liked my health insurance, which I did, I could keep it. But I was one of these some seven million policyholders who were kicked off of their health insurance. There were a lot of letters to the editor. This was in the Buffalo News. I was living in Western New York at the time. A lot of letters to the editor because uh, various Catholic organizations, healthcare providers, uh, and so forth were going to be forced against their conscience to provide for things like birth control pills. And I recall one letter to the editor uh, talking about, well, for Catholics, you know, it's a a matter of conscience in regards to contraception. Well, you have to have a well-formed conscience. The truth isn't the truth just because you think it is. There is such a thing as objective moral truth. And the Catholic Church has always taught and always will teach that contraception is intrinsically evil. As Cardinal Robert Sarah is says, doctrine is Christ. You cannot separate our Lord Jesus Christ from his church. Contraception will always be wrong. There will not come a pope to one day say, "Hey, you know what? We messed up here. We're going to change the church's teaching." That's why when uh, Pope Paul VI in 1968 released Humanae Vitae, some people were shocked, but they shouldn't have been shocked because the church cannot change the truth. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Some people thought, oh, the Catholic Church teaching on contraception might change. No, Paul VI upheld what the church always taught, despite the fact that every other Christian Christian Church and community embrace contraception. The Catholic Church said no. Now in practice, bishops and priests, unfortunately, many of them might be quiet on the subject or might tell the faithful in private that you know it's up to your conscience. Conscience, they are wrong. We have to have a properly formed conscience. And you can extrapolate that towards things that maybe aren't necessarily, um, you know, morally right and wrong in a black and white situation, but things where, you know, you're trying to make the best decision in terms of, you know, should I, which college should I go to, let's say. Or what kind of car should I buy? Or even, you know, should I go to to college at all? I know um, Mr. Timothy Gordon, I forget the name of the other author, he, he co-authored a book recently called Don't Go to College. And you see where he's coming from, even though he has advanced degrees and he's a lawyer, but it's so expensive nowadays. And so many uh, young people come out of college with... Uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, and they've been brainwashed by their uh, socialist psychology sociology and and history professors. So we have to have a well formed conscience in all aspects of our lives and it's a matter of prudence in terms of you know should I engage in this? Uh, risky behavior or not. Well, the most precious gifts the Lord gives us, I agree wholeheartedly with Mr. Patrick Madrid, are our lives and the Catholic religion, and we should hold dearly to them. You can put your life at risk when you're saving someone else's life, a family member or a police officer in the line of duty or a soldier helping out a comrade or something like that, there may you may be called to put your own life in jeopardy. And not many of us will be martyrs for the faith, red martyrs, but some of us, quite possibly, will be called to die for the faith. More than likely, though, and it's kind of ongoing in our society for a lot of people, it's a, a white martyrdom. People think you're foolish for being Catholic. People think you're adult for attending Mass on Sunday and thinking that what happens in, at at mass, transubstantiation, receiving our Lord in body, blood, soul, and divinity, people think that's ridiculous. A friend of mine many years ago said, do you, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that you're receiving God? And I said, yeah, uh, otherwise I wouldn't go. I'd do something else on Sunday. Because like Dr. Scott Hahn says, we're either engaging in the highest form. Uh, I think Steve would uh, mention this as well. in an apologetics uh, series I was listening to once upon a time on CD. We're either engaging in the highest form of worship. A human being can participate in receiving our Lord Jesus Christ in his body, blood, soul, and divinity at mass, or it's pagan idolatry. You know, there is no third option either pagan idolatry or taking our Lord at his omnipotent word in John 6, saying, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And the Greek word is, that uh, in the translation, it's trogon. Gnaw, unless you gnaw on my flesh, you have no life in you. If that comes up in discussion with Protestant friends, ask your Protestant friends, where do they gnaw on the flesh of our Lord, as they're commanded to in John 6? the bread and grape juice ceremony that happens every third week at, you know, the Methodist church or whatever, that doesn't cut it. We are commanded to receive our Lord in his body, blood, soul, and divinity. And that happens at every Catholic mass. Getting back to, um, those poor souls on the mini sub and just for, uh, every aspect of your life and decisions, ask Our Lady the Seat of Wisdom to pray for you, that you have great wisdom and you make wise choices. We see the things that people were asked to believe over the last few years, that wearing a mask pretends, protects you from a virus that hasn't been proven to exist. And even though wearing a mask damages your health, damages your lungs, cuts off your oxygen supply, obviously. Anyone who's worn a mask for, you know, 10 or 15 seconds could tell you that, how uncomfortable and annoying it is. The mask was used as a symbol of control and conformity. When you wear that mask, you are being submissive to the government, to the medical establishment. They don't want to see your face. They don't want you to see the faces of other people. They just want you to be robots. They want you to be automatons that just listen to what you're told to believe on Facebook or Twitter or see on CNN or Fox News or NBC or whatever. And you just regurgitate back what you're supposed to believe like, a, like an idiot, like a moron. Don't think, don't be logical, don't have common sense. Just be a mindless buffoon that does whatever the government tells you to do. Just be a drone and watch television and don't think for yourself ever. That's what they want you to do. It's not what I want you to do. It's not what our Lord Jesus Christ wants you to do. You are given a brain, use it, form your conscience, Well, throw the TV out to the curb. It's garbage. There's no use for it. a lot of respect for Dr. E. Michael Jones, the great Catholic author, don't agree with everything he says. He's totally off on the Society of St. Pius X. He still, for some unknown reason, says they're in schism when they're obviously not. But he does get a lot right. And his whole theory about really the course of world history. You can really sum it up in Logos versus Anti-Logos. If you accept the Logos, God incarnate, our Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh, then you're on the right path. When you reject the Logos, when you reject Jesus, when you don't believe he is who he says he is, that is the Son of God, the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, then you're going to have problems and you're going to cause problems for everyone around you. And the rebellion against Logos, the non-servion, which is what the demons said, you know, I will not serve, we will not serve. Everyone who rebels against Jesus and rebels against his church causes problems not only for themselves, but for everyone around them. And you have this small clique of I don't know, maybe a few hundred people on Earth, probably. Billionaires and multi-billionaires who are making decisions that affect everyone else. This can't last. This can't stand. There will come a point where it will turn around. It will be through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima. I don't know how exactly that's going to be or what that's going to look like, but it will be because of her. She will break up the cabal of stink as a wonderful young lady refers to it, this oligarchy that's destroying culture, destroying the nations of the world, destroying human beings with masks and experimental and immoral gene therapies and so forth. She will win. We know that. She says, in the end, my Immaculate Heart, will triumph. And when Our Lady says something, you can take it to the bank. I was just listening, excuse me, to an exorcist today talking about how much the demons despise Our Lady and are terrified of her, of her humility and of her perfect obedience to God because they are arrogant and they are disobedient and they are humiliated that a young woman, a young maiden who is perfectly obedient and perfectly humble to the Lord, puts them to absolute shame and they have no power, no authority over her whatsoever and they can't do anything about it and they know it. If you have a devotion to the blessed mother, you will help her You will aid our Lord and our Lady in crushing the heads of the demons, in crushing Satan's head specifically. Uh, Father Gabriel Amorth. I haven't read his biography. I guess that was recently published. May he rest in peace. Wonderful man. Chief exorcist of Rome for um, a couple decades, over a couple decades, I believe. But he didn't actually start as an exorcist until he was 60. So if you're getting on in years and... He thought, maybe I've kind of missed my, uh, my my course in life, my vocation, what specifically the Lord, what specifically I was supposed to do with my life. Well, he had his vocation, of course. He was a priest for, for many years before that. But what he's most well known for and probably his, his special gift that the Lord gave him was his work as an exorcist, which is what he's most well known for. But I've come to find out he was deeply devoted to Our Lady. He had a very special love for the Blessed Mother, especially under the title of Our Lady of Fatima. And you better believe, friends, that comes in particularly handy when you're engaging in spiritual warfare. You want Our Lady on your side. And St. Joseph, the terror of demons. So trust your instincts. If you think something is wrong, if you think something is dangerous, get out of that situation. Don't participate in that behavior. Um, another thing I remember from childhood is the the Just Say No campaign. The late Nancy Reagan, the late uh, first lady in the 1980s, uh young man asked her, you know, if someone asks you to, to take drugs, what should you do? And she said, just say no. I've never used an illicit narcotic in my life and I didn't miss out on anything. I unfortunately know several people who got into drugs when they were teenagers and their, their lives spiraled out of control. Don't go with the crowd just to fit in, just to be cool or popular or whatever. Just please God. Just please God, do what's pleasing to the Lord, and you can't go wrong. And who cares what anyone says or thinks about you? Because at the end of your life, you're not going to be judged by your mom. You're not going to be judged by your dad. You're not going to be judged by your spouse. You're not going to be judged by your kids. You're not going to be judged by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, or the president, whoever happens to be the president of your country or the prime minister or the country you live in at the time, you're going to be judged immediately when you die by our Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to be judged on everything. Same for me, same for everyone you'll ever meet, all of our thoughts, all of our words, all of our actions. There won't be any time for excuses. What's done is done. Your life will have been lived, whether you live to be 37, 57, or 107, and that's it. It will be you and him. Your whole life will flash before you in the blink of an eye, and you'll know. And the sentence will be just. The soul who dies in a state of mortal sin will go to hell. If you die... In the state of grace, but in in, imperfect still, you go to purgatory first and then heaven and the souls who are already perfectly purified, not any stain of sin or any attachment to to anything in this world will go to heaven. And that's that. That's the truth, friends. You can take that to the bank. I don't care what anyone else tells you. That is the truth that will happen that has happened to everyone you know who has passed away. And it will happen to you and it'll happen to me and it'll happen to everyone from now until the end of time when our Lord comes to judge the living and the dead. And then we will see definitively our role in human history and salvation history and everyone we've known, everyone who ever comes into existence. And as I referred to the other day, it'll be like that beautiful mosaic of the Blessed Mother and the chapel where my dearly departed Nana and Papa were buried, we will see them fully. We'll see the, the full, beautiful mosaic. Our faces won't be squished up right next to the uh, painting. It will be all in full view for everyone to see. And we will see how wonderful the Lord is, how beautiful his plan was for our lives and the lives of everyone we knew. So trust your instincts, my friends, and persevere. Thank you for listening to episode 575 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Goodbye, and God love you.